Sean Hannity Show, toll free. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, as I discussed in the last hour, I mean, if you look at what we now know and what we're discovering and the three years we have spent breaking story after story after story after story about Hillary Clinton, her dirty Russian disinformation dossier, uh, it's supposed to be verified. It was unverifiable. They lied not once, not twice, not three times, but four separate times every three months to get renewals to spy on a then candidate, Donald Trump, transition team, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump for six months of his presidency. And as bad as that was, and the fact that so few are being held accountable just reinforces what I've been saying for a long time is we have a dual justice system in this country. And we have one for the Clintons. We have one for the Bidens. We have another for the Trumps. And if you're a conservative and jaywalk or spit on the sidewalk, you're probably going to spend 10 years in jail. Um, now this is even worse than what we ever thought, ever dreamed, ever imagined. You might remember the point the media was mocking Donald Trump for saying that they're spying on me. They're, they're spying on what was the computer network at Trump Tower. Well, if you look at, for example, every article now that has come out as it relates to Durham's revelation from late Friday, lawyers for the Clinton campaign paid a technology company to, quote, infiltrate servers belonging to Trump Tower and then later the White House in order to establish an inference and a narrative to bring to government agencies linking Donald Trump to Russia, uh, according to this filing by John Durham, the special counsel. You tell me how this is not so far worse than Watergate or anything that we've ever heard of before in 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 the history of this country in an attempt to literally destroy innocent people by a presidential candidate and campaign. Anyway, Eric Trump is with us with the Trump Organization. I'm sure you've been reading all of this as closely as I have. Um, number one, we were right the whole time. Number two, we were more right than we ever knew we were. And it was far worse than we ever thought it was. Well, that's right, Sean. And, you know, I've lived this hell. Um, and I was actually the guy that got the phone calls uh, back in the day. I remember my team calling me and saying, hey, you know, the New York Times just reached out and the Washington Post just reached out. And they want to know about a secret server. Right. And this was before anybody had ever heard of Sussman. We didn't hear about Sussman until a couple months ago until Durham indicted. But we hear the Trump Organization has secret servers that are linked with, you know, Moscow with a Putin bank. And I'm saying they're saying, guys, we don't have any secret servers, first of all. Second of all, we have zero connections to Russia. And we had no idea where this came from. It wasn't until, you know, but obviously Sussman was coming, you know, went in, lied to the FBI, then left the FBI and literally called the New York Times and the Washington Post. And, Sean, that shouldn't surprise you that it's the New York Times and the Washington Post because they're probably the two greatest Trump-hating papers. Call them up, spread this nonsense, and we started getting emails again three years ago. We didn't know the backstory to any of this until the indictments come out the other day. And it's it's really sick what's going on. For some reason, no one's actually – they're talking about the story about Hillary and the fact that she orchestrated this. What no one's talking about is the fact that you literally had a woman for her own political benefit in this country that wanted to pit two of the largest countries in the world against each other, the two largest nuclear forces in the world. She wanted to pit against one another, right? Here's Trump. He's an agent of the Kremlin. He's – this and that, he's working for Russia, there's massive ties. I mean, the amount of dissension, the amount of bad will that created between two countries for what? So she could get an extra three votes? Is, is that what she was trying to do? I mean, 
she's literally destroying the relationship between the two largest nuclear superpowers. She wants another Cold War to happen. She didn't care so long as she got an extra three votes and actually shows how crooked this whole system is. And then you take the aftermath of that, Sean. You know, Don, my brother, I mean, he's one of 200, but he did 30 hours on Capitol Hill testifying about nonsense, about something that never happened. That was all made up by Hillary Clinton. How many tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars were spent? How many tens of thousands of hours were spent by Congress and the Senate investigating this nonsense when they could have been fixing schools in this country, when they could have been fixing our military, when they could have been fixing so many other problems and been attentive to so many other needs of our nation? And it's so, all so your dad had to spend three years of his woman. presidency pushing back on what was a complete, total, fabricated lie, uh, a, a conspiracy theory of all conspiracy theories, the media doesn't even want to report this aspect of it because they're damned in this as well, because they were complicit in advancing this phony narrative. You know, some people ask me, well, why does why does Donald Trump fight so much? Because he has to, because who else is going to push back? And it turns out he's vindicated in all of this as well. And, and where are the apologies from The New York Times and The Washington Post and ABC and NBC and sure. CBS and fake news CNN and MSDNC that devoted years worth of coverage trashing your father with nothing but lies that were all set up by Hillary Clinton's campaign. They laughed at him. Look at Pulitzer. Pulitzer was giving out, you know, prizes like they were, you know, M&Ms to journalists that they said something nasty about Donald Trump. And he's sitting there saying, guys, I have no relationship with Russia. I have nothing to do with Russia. I have no projects in Russia. They're making this nonsense up. They're getting Pulitzer Prize for it. Now it's coming out. And guess what? Pulitzer Prize doesn't even retract, you know, the prizes that they gave these journalists. Again, all of them at the Washington Post and at the New York Times who were kicked off. And everybody knows this was, you know, incredibly corrupt. But I go back to the cost on America that this sham has had, all orchestrated by one woman who was power hungry for, you know, I mean, she was hungry for power and she would do anything. But... It's not the Mueller investigation costs forty million dollars, right? Everybody knows that. But take every all the time, your time, all the time of the senators, everybody who was on TV twenty four hours a day, defending this nonsense, talking about this nonsense, being distracted by it. What about all the staffers on Capitol Hill? What about exactly the three years that my father had to deal with this while he was president? I mean, it's probably you know, tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars of accumulated time. If you take the media, if you take Congress, if you take, you know, the whole system, it shut down this nonsense, shut down our entire system. And by, it, by the way, you know, every day we talk about this all the time, Sean, you see Letitia James coming after our family, right? No different than this. It's all, you know, kind of the political witch hunt that we've seen the entire time. Hillary Clinton is a New York resident. She lives in Chappaqua, New York. Trump Tower is located in New York. Why is it that you don't see these prosecutors actually giving a damn about this subject? Why, why aren't they investigating Hillary? Why aren't they investigating, um, you know, the, the Clinton campaign, who is obviously doing business in, in New York? Why is it that the hate only goes one way from the media and from these prosecutors? I, 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 wish, I, I wish I had an answer. And by the way, you know, th this impacted, not that it matters, you know, I had 56 pages of, of Mueller FBI 302s with my name all over them. Why are they asking about me? Um, I, I, I haven't spoken to a Russian that I know of in my life, except one defector that I might have interviewed years ago. Um, 
uh, you know, why am I dragged into it? Why are 1,200 of my private text messages with Paul Manafort released? Why are text messages between me and Kaylee McEnany and me and Mark Meadows released? Um, is it that big a deal? Is it anything near the level that you face? Not even, I have no right to complain, except that it's just wrong. All of it is wrong. It's a crooked system, and that's a problem. You do talk about it all the time, the unequal scales of justice. But at some point, somebody has to pay for this. And, you know, you go on MSNBC, I was watching it before. They don't even mention this. They're not even talking about it. They know how wrong they are. And now, you know, now that they're embarrassed, they just kind of, you know, sweep it under the rug. Um, but that shouldn't happen in this country. I mean, this had really negative, you know, serious consequences on our nation. And I really hope Durham gets to the bottom of it. I actually just put out a tweet a little while ago. I will help him in any way, shape, or form. I will have every single person in our company, um, you know, who was called about this, every email from reporters um, who asked about this. Again, New York Times, Washington Post, they were asking about this. They were clearly the ones that got called from Michael Sussman telling him of this nonsense. We will help Durham in any way that we possibly can to stop this corruption because this prosecutorial kind of misconduct, the weaponization of, of prosecutors, the weaponization of political parties on opponents, it's insane. And it only goes one way in this country. It just has to stop, Sean. It has to stop. It, well, if frankly, it doesn't stop, we don't have a country. And this is my fear, is that we don't have equal justice, equal application of our laws. My greatest fear when... The people that abused power and were corrupt and and they signed their name knowing that the bulk of information they were providing the FISA court to spy on your dad and ruin, ruin Carter Page's life. Sure. And they knew, in fact, that they, they could not validate it. And, you know, they'd sign it anyway. And that was permission to spy on a presidential candidate based on phony Russian information from the other candidate. And now we know it's even worse than that. And you, and if way, it was the rest, if the it was your FBI, father, Sean? this would be bigger than Watergate because this is bigger than Watergate. Hey, Sean, where is the FBI? If we know that a political campaign was trying to break into a private company, if we know that the you know, political campaign was trying to break into the White House servers, right? Nothing more kind of top secret and confidential than White House servers. Where were they this entire time? Why, why did it take four years, actually longer, five years? This, you know, some of this stuff happened in 2016. You know, they, again, we didn't learn about it until Durham indicted a couple months ago. But where were they at this point if they knew this was happening? I mean, and by the way, where is everybody else? If, if Donald Trump tried to break into Hillary Clinton's campaign, you better believe that Mar-a-Lago right now would be surrounded by press. You know, is there any press outlets outside Hillary Clinton's house in Chappaqua right now? Where are they? Where's Hillary? Why isn't she answering any of these questions? It's it's actually infuriating. All right, quick break. More with Eric Trump on the other side. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Our pollster, Robert Cahaley, has new numbers in the Senate race in Pennsylvania coming up. Continue now with Eric Trump with these new revelations as it relates to the Clinton campaign's paid plan to infiltrate Trump Tower and White House servers that the media is now ignoring. Look, our our nation is founded on a constitution. Our constitution is the foundation for a rule of law. And if we don't have equal justice and application of those laws and we have a two tiered justice system, then. You're, you're literally shredding the foundation of what is law and order, what is to represent law and order in a civil society. 
And and that is the unfairness of all of this. And um, I want to see where this goes, because ultimately, if if Durham does his job, it goes right to Hillary Clinton, because a lot of this was done after she destroyed, you know, her server and and. 33,000 emails that were destroyed and bleach bit and hammers and SIM cards removed. Anything that you did or I did or your father ever did, you know, would probably end us in jail and we'd end up in jail for decades and decades. And that's the injustice here. And the fact that they've gotten away with it now um, makes it all that more difficult because, you know, look at Michael Horowitz. He referred people. None of those referrals went anywhere. Nobody's nobody's paid a price. So why would they stop? But what they will do on the flip side, Sean, is they'll sit there and they will subpoena my father and myself and Don and Ivanka and anybody else that's even remotely close to us every single day. They will try and find any comma that's out of place. They do this all the time. You have district attorneys, you have attorney generals. They come after us every single day. And then they go out and they campaign on it. Oh, I'm going to be the one that takes Donald Trump down. So, you know, um, please donate to my political campaign. I mean, we see it every single day. Prosecutors who literally subpoena us on a daily basis trying to find anything that DJT ever did that was possibly wrong or that they get construed into something wrong. Then they go out and they fundraise off of it and they run on it and they... I mean, it's it's really a sick, twisted system. It's, you know, uh, you know, they go to any jury. A judge tells any jury before a case, you have to treat somebody as if they're innocent until proven guilty. You can't go in there with any kind of premeditated thoughts or anything else. And guess what? These rogue prosecutors, they do it every single day. Clearly, Hillary weaponized the system. You're seeing it here. They weaponize the system as it pertains to a perfectly good conversation with Ukraine. Um, you know, and thank God my father had that transcript and released it and, and showed that to be the case. Well, why would you commit a crime with 30 people on the phone? It's the same thing with the case down in Georgia. Your dad and that call was like, there are hundreds of thousands of votes that are, that you're not you're not accounting for. And then he says, you'd only need 11,000 and it would change the election. Why don't you why don't you look into integrity measures? And he was very clear on it, but they want to turn that into a big deal. Sure. Well, they did it with Kavanaugh, too, and there was no consequences to it. Somebody went out, absolutely lied, right? tried to destroy a great man who is a great legal scholar and everything else. And guess what? There is no consequences to those actions. Now, you better believe if that person would have been a Republican, if that person would have been conservative, had that person been you or me or anybody else in our party, you better believe that that person would be in jail right now. But there's no consequences. They turned a blind eye to it, and then they move on to the next story. And when it comes out, no different than this Durham probe's coming out right now, and all the fraud committed by, you know, Michael Sussman is coming out, you know, starting as of, you know, a couple weeks ago, then they just ignore the story. You know, nothing to see here. You know, we just spent four years reporting on something, but now that, you know, the narrative has been changed, now that we realize the whole thing's a lie, now we turn our back on it and we're going to go to something else. We'll, we'll go to the next thing. We'll go to the January 6th quote-unquote insurrection. This is a real insurrection. Somebody is spying on the current president of, you know, the the president of the then current president of the United States. And the candidate. It was an attempted attempt to fix an election. It doesn't get any more corrupt than that. Eric Trump, Trump Organization, we'll always love having you. And we'll see you on TV this week, sir. Thank you for being with us. Um, 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. Uh, We're going to look at one of some of the polling races. we got new polling numbers out of Pennsylvania in the Senate uh, primary. We're going to look at those with Robert Cahaley when we come back. Quick break, right back.
breaking news straight from the source. This is the Sean Hannity Show. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, we're following states, and in the cases where I find candidates that I want to endorse and support, I'm telling you who I like. That doesn't mean you have to follow what I say. It's just people that I think have the values that I share. Um, amazing, if you go back to 2015 and 16, uh, when I became one of the, the the more prominent conservative voices on radio and TV, and I was telling everybody, no, Trump is really a conservative, and but he went to Hillary Clinton's daughter's wedding, and and he donated to Democrats. Those were all legitimate arguments, and he used to be pro-choice. He's just saying he's pro-life. Legitimate concern, and that's part of the vetting process. And I ended up getting the crap beaten out of me by a lot of conservatives at the time, and people saying to me, uh, you're not a conservative. You're a rhino. You're this. You're... And we didn't have a more conservative president in our in our lifetime. Probably more conservative than even Ronald Reagan, who got me into politics because I loved Reagan. Um, and I've said the same thing. For example, I, I believe that Herschel Walker will be a phenomenal senator from the great state of Georgia. I really believe that. I think by far the better choice in the gubernatorial primary that's going to take place, Kemp and David Perdue. I like David Perdue. I'm supporting him. Uh, in the case of Pennsylvania, I've known Dr. Oz now for a couple of years. I know every single position on every single issue, and he is a solid conservative. So I'm supporting him and have been from the beginning, when he, before, even before he announced uh, that he was running for the U.S. Senate and he's in the primary out in Pennsylvania. Anyway, we have some numbers that came out of Pennsylvania from our friend Robert Cahaley from the Trafalgar Group. Some very interesting numbers. Oz is winning by a pretty pretty healthy margin, 27.4. Dave McCormick, uh, who is uh, who was a top executive at Brightwaters. Uh, I met him, a nice guy, 15.9%. Carlos Sands is doing well, 14.8%. Kathy Barnett, who I also like, 8.9%. But I'm supporting Oz in this case. Seems like he has a very healthy margin at this point. The primary, I believe, is in May, although Democrats are trying to extend it out longer because they prefer Republican infighting over anything else. Uh, welcome back, Robert, to the program. Hey, it's always great to be on the show, Sean. Yeah, it, it's very um, – this race is, is – there's clearly a very big Oz lead. And one of the things that we – you know, we also asked some additional questions, and one of them was support of the president. Uh, President Trump and Oz uh, was leading of of the top three. He had eighty one percent of Oz supporters uh, would support Trump uh, very likely or likely in a in a uh, future Republican primary for president. And I, I thought that was really noteworthy that there's such a correlation between the amount of supporters that are for Oz and Trump. There's a connection there, and I, I think it has a lot to do with Sean Hannity. Well, I mean. I always feel that I I have to tell my audience the truth. Um, I always like Ted Cruz. I still like Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is a friend of mine. And but I felt that Trump had a little bit more of what it would take to win a general election. And as an outsider, I thought it was the right time for, for such a person. I don't believe I was proven wrong. I think I was proven right. I took a lot of heat for telling people what I knew to be the truth. I knew that. 
I had hours and hours long discussions with him uh, late at night talking about everything from abortion to, to guns to borders to financial issues and foreign policy. I mean, I remember we used to have a big fight. He was not a supporter of the Iraq war. And I was at the time. I thought it was mishandled, but that's a separate story for a separate day. And with new modern warfare, we'll never have to go back there. Um, I've also seen other polls that have come out, and this is what's pretty amazing. His name recognition is is around 96 percent. His support among women is very high. Um, And if you break it down demographically, support among African-Americans is very high. Um, I believe maybe that's a 15 year connection that he's had with an audience from television is is that your analysis oh there's no question one one of the uh, one of the strengths that oz brings to this race is his viability in november uh it's just his cross appeal to people who don't usually vote for republicans is very very significant and and that's one of the key things that uh, it seems to to come up every time you look at it i mean so many of you know traditional Republican voters, uh, you know, they have questions about him that are being answered with support of people like you, and then so many of those the swing voters, and even some of the Democrats like him for, for his personality and what they've seen on television. Yeah, and I think that you know likability is a huge factor. Look at the likability factor, for example, of somebody like Herschel Walker in Georgia. Um, I I don't think. He, he has this perfect mix of, I am going to go fight for you, but he says it in the nicest way imaginable, doesn't he? He is. If, if you can't get along with Herschel Walker, you yeah. need to look in the mirror. That's a, that's a great way of putting it. To me, I think for the Republicans this midterm election year, I think the House, well, we'll see what redistricting does. I mean, there's a lot of games being played in blue states like New York right now. They're, they're trying to gerrymander around and basically leave one Republican congressional seat in all of the state of New York. And the way they're drawing these lines are ridiculous. So we'll see if it gets challenged in the court. We'll see if the court responds. But that's what the Democrats always try and do. But it's going to be interesting. I think the Republicans are the odds-on heavy favorite to win back the House. But things get a little trickier, and you're seeing this in your polling, when you look at the states that are in play for the Senate. you got Florida. You got Missouri, you got Georgia, you got North and South Carolina, you got New Hampshire, you got Pennsylvania, as we're talking about. You've got Wisconsin, Ohio, uh, you got Nevada, you got um, uh, Arizona. I mean, it, the, this every one of these states is a bellwether state for 2024, is it not? There's no question about it. They, I, I feel like the the most uh, likely Republican pickups are probably Arizona and Georgia, and. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't rule out, I, I'd, I'd kind of put in the second tier of that uh, Nevada, New Hampshire, and even even if it's a big enough night, even Colorado. Uh, there's, you know, and I think uh, Florida looks pretty safe. Uh, South Carolina looks pretty safe. Uh, and um, I think North Carolina is one that is probably a retention. But, uh, you know, we would have put originally Pennsylvania on there as, as, as leaning D, but the way everything is moving and, and just generic ballot and everything in Pennsylvania, it's a great year to be running as Republican in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, I, I can't point to a single thing that Joe Biden and the Democrats have done that's successful. Um, and, and watch what happens if, for example, per Joe Biden's suggestion, 
uh, that Trudeau go after the truckers and things get aggressive against peaceful protesters, the heroes of the pandemic. I don't think that's going to end well for the Democrats here, Joe Biden here. And I don't think it's going to end well for Trudeau if they start sending in the military or police and start, you know, beating up peaceful people or rounding them up and arresting them and taking their rigs and putting them in jail. There's no question. People, you know, we talk about how it's you know hard to find somebody who doesn't like Herschel Walker. It's hard to find somebody who has a problem with truckers. I mean, they are such a, a, an Americana kind of kind of people that you know just people people think of a trucker as as a reliable and an honest person. I mean, they, they you know they have to maintain credible safety uh, with, with their driver's licenses. Uh, I mean, and and they're just. You know, most of the time they're, they're polite. People run into them all the time. And it's just hard to demonize that crowd. And, you know, I just keep thinking the mainstream media. Keep saying they're bad people and calling them insurrectionists and see where that gets you. Well, it seems like that's the one thing that they're holding on to. And now they want to have big hearings over the summer. Um, now, if we're going to have those hearings, then I've got to imagine that we're going to have hearings looking into what we learned from from Durham over the weekend or Friday, late Friday. And that is that lawyers for the Clinton campaign were paying a technology company to infiltrate servers belonging to Trump Tower and then later servers uh, belonging to the White House to establish an inference and narrative to bring a government to bring government agencies linking Trump to Russia. It was apparently now all discovered by John Durham. Now, if we, we, we've talked about Watergate all these years. Uh, to me, this it makes Watergate look like, you know, nursery school. You know, I really haven't heard Adam Schiff talking about that. I, I feel like uh, he's probably going to get to it. I'm sure it's the top of his list. Um, uh-huh. But I haven't heard about it. He's talked about it yet. <laughs> That's a good point. What are people looking for as, you, as you're now doing these polls around the, the varying states? What do you see are the top issues for people? You know, it comes down to a philosophy of government, and that is, what is government supposed to do? And the people who think government needs to be protecting us, whether it's the police, whether it's the military, government needs to be providing, you know, infrastructure and and the things that you need. And and what it seems like the Democrats' opinion, as expressed by their actions, is that they want to have government in the middle of everything else. Well, restricting your freedom, spending all the time talking about climate change and transgender and all this stuff. And what people are saying is the government is in everything I don't care about or don't need the government to deal with, and they're in nothing that I care about. They're failing at the things I care about, and they're, and they're doing the things I don't care about. That's what we hear from people. Are all of these polls showing a shift in demographics, meaning Hispanic Americans leaning more Republican than ever before, African-Americans leaning more Republican than ever before. Do you see that as real? Yes. It started with Trump um, and just doing unprecedented numbers with the African-American and with the Hispanic community. Uh, We're also seeing a move with young people. There is something about making their life miserable over a virus they're not afraid of and then not paying, giving them free college like you promised. That, that makes young people somewhat disenchanted with the Democrat Party right now. Uh, maybe they're finally learning that uh, the Social Security lockbox doesn't exist. Maybe they're learning uh, Medicare and Social Security are headed towards insolvency. Uh, maybe they're understanding Obamacare is not the best plan for everybody, and it costs a fortune. And usually you have one 
if you're lucky, two options to, uh, available to you. Uh, maybe they're learning that, well, these same politicians can't keep cities safe and secure. And a lot of public schools that are, we pay more money than any other industrialized country for suck. So maybe they figured that out, too. Yeah, it, it, I think it's not uh, a coincidence that um, um, Let's Go Brandon started at college football games in the South. And it wasn't that expression in the beginning. By the way, how funny was it that Joe Biden didn't even know what it meant? <laughs> <laughs> you can't make it up, not can you? Shocking. Not shocking. Um, all right. So if you look at these Senate races, let's go back to this year, because we're going to have these primaries. Everybody will fight it out. Then we're going to end up with candidates. Who would, in your view, going through each state, you mentioned Rubio. I think he's got a safe seat. Georgia, Herschel's going to get the nomination there. We're not sure yet what's going to happen in North uh, Carolina. What are your thoughts about North Carolina? We are going to be putting something in the field. I can tell you a little more about North Carolina. Last time I looked at it, it was a whole, whole, whole lot of undecided. Um, and a part of it is because uh, the Trump's endorsement, uh, and we're seeing this with a lot of Trump endorsements, you know, with him not having Twitter and the mainstream media not repeating what he says, people aren't always knowledgeable about his endorsements. That's one of the problems that Purdue's having in Georgia is it's just not permeated enough. And so, uh, you know, there you see you've got an unpopular candidate who's run before, and then you've got a candidate Trump endorsed that people aren't that familiar with. There's a lot of undecideds in that one right now. Do you have any, the Senate leader in New Hampshire, any thoughts on his ability to win New Hampshire? Well, when I saw uh, that Hassan was, I think, maxed out at like 45%, and then the, if, if Biden went against Trump again, Trump would win. All So that, that difference in vote. Uh, would translate to a real chance for that uh, Senate race in New Hampshire. What about, let's see, Ohio? We still have yet to really have one person emerge as the guy. Yeah, we just put out a brand-new poll in Ohio this morning, and um, we've got the race actually tightening. We, we've got uh, uh, Mandel down to, I believe it was 21, and uh, 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 Gibbons at 16, and J.D. Vance at 14. Uh, so that one to just kind of crump it up there at the top. It is, it's, a, it's a game of whack-a-mole. You can almost look at the polling and see who's been attacked and who's been putting knife ads out every few weeks. Yeah. Well, it looks like Bernovich will be the candidate, I think, out in Arizona, Laxalt in Nevada. Johnson staying in, in Wisconsin, I think, really is helpful to Republicans. I think he'll win. Uh, anyway, Robert Cahaley, Trafalgar, thanks for uh, sharing your latest survey. We'll have you on, as we always do every election year. Thanks for being with us. Absolutely always a pleasure. Thank you.